Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest. We are talking to Brittany Budd, who is a stockbroker turned business coach, and she's also known as the content queen for very good reason. Welcome, Brittany. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit more about you, maybe your story. I'd love to. So I live in Canada. It is snowy and gross. (laughs) I'm ready for spring. I am a wife. I've been married to my husband for coming up on 11 years. We have three children here with us. We've got two boys and a girl. And then we've got two little girls that we lost in the last four years. So they're up in heaven looking down on us. And, you know, (laughs) that's life, right? Yeah, I was a stockbroker for seven years. I managed over $21 million for over 150 families, very male dominated. It was exactly what you would assume. And so from that, I really found a passion for women, particularly mothers, having a lot of money. I learned a lot from that industry, you know, about running a business and marketing and sales, but also understanding money as a tool and as a resource and the fact that women are not taught, which no one's really taught, but particularly women are not taught how to run businesses and how to manage money and how to have a lot of money. And so three years ago, I started my business as a content marketing strategist. And in that time, I've done over half a million dollars organically in cash and over $600,000 in sales. And it's been a wild ride. That's amazing. Yeah. I was telling Brittany before we got on and hit record that her Facebook content is so incredible. Like it's <laughs> if you want an example of really great content, just go to her Facebook profile. It's it's incredible. Thank you. And I didn't I didn't actually know that you were in Canada too. I am as well. Where are you? I'm in Belleville, Ontario. Oh, I'm in New Brunswick. Oh, okay. Awesome. So we're on the coast. We I don't know if our weather is similar or not, but I'm over it. I think today it's it's finally starting to warm up. So maybe all the snow is going to melt. I don't know. Let's cross our fingers and our toes and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love everything you teach and talk about in terms of content because I'm big on content, especially for my audience. Like I, I feel like letting your content speak for you is such a powerful thing, but a lot of introverts, we tend to struggle with how to really articulate what we want to say. What are your best pieces of advice for somebody who's really struggling to create great content? Stop overthinking it. That's a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From my experience, usually, you know, just because, so I'm half introverted, half extroverted. So like I can go out and be extroverted, but when I'm done, I'm done. Like my, my social battery is, is drained. 
And so when I when I talk to people who who say I'm an introvert, what I'm really hearing is I'm an overthinker and I analyze to death what I'm going to say because I want to make sure that I'm saying the right thing at the right time and in the right tone. And we kind of get into a perfectionism cycle that prevents us from then saying anything. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. And like Tara said, if you come to my profile, it's a lot because I have gotten into the habit of just kind of conscious streaming into content. Like anytime I have any kind of idea or thought, I grab my phone and I just start typing it out and posting it. And sometimes it's complete garbage, but content is content. Does that kind of get easier too? The more you do that, like yeah. the more you push yourself to stop overthinking and just share what you're, what you want to share in the moment. Does it get easier to to do that without overthinking the more you do it? hundred percent. Just like riding a bike. You know, the first time you ride a bike, you're kind of like, oh, this is how I die. but you know you try it and it's a little wobbly and you might fall off but after you do it a couple of times then you get really good and the longer you do it the much better you are riding you know you're doing wheelies with no hands I don't know how they do that stuff but you're doing wheelies (laughs) with no hands and you know showing up and creating content you know there's so much fear right like humans were never designed to be visible on the scale that today's humans are visible. Like we can go out and and put a piece of content out and it could reach tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people could see the thing that you say and do. And it is not normal. It definitely throws the nervous system for a loop having that many eyeballs on you. And with that, you know, they're not always, not usually super cheering you on. They're kind of mean. And so there's a lot of fear, of course, around creating content and being seen. You know, we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of people making fun of us. We're afraid of failing, particularly failing publicly. We're afraid that people aren't going to like us. And it takes work daily to be okay with who you are as a person and what you bring to the table regardless of people that maybe aren't going to be supportive or like it. That's a really good point. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we get into the, like, I always say I'm a lurker on social media. Mm. Like I, I read, I consume, but then I go to write a comment and then I'm like, oh, this doesn't really add anything or nobody cares what I have to say about this. So I'm just going to hit like, and then carry on. So yeah, the overthinking, the getting in your head, I can still totally relate to that. Yeah. I, I want to kind of challenge you to actually say the comments and post them and just see what happens. Because I think it's easy to be a lurker. Most of us are lurkers, which when people get really wrapped up in engagement, you kind of have to remember you're probably a lurker, which means most of your audience is probably all, also just lurking. So if there's not mm-hmm. a ton of engagement, it doesn't mean what you're saying is bad. <laughs> it just means people are silently nodding along and not saying the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed that a lot, especially with my audience. I'm like, you're you're all the same as me. You're like when I was on Instagram, I would see like I would get very few comments on posts, but stories. I could see who was watching. And the yeah. same people were always watching every single story, but they've never commented or messaged me. But I know that they were consuming and and actually taking in everything I was sharing. Yeah. I think if you did comment though, the people that you are commenting on would super appreciate it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone is ever thinking, 
ugh, why did she say that? That brought nothing to the table. It's like you took your time, which is your most valuable resource to let someone know your thoughts. And I think that's amazing. So now I want to challenge you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'll start with yours, with your content that I'm already like consuming every time. So I think I I saw that you have a free resource on chat GPT. So I definitely want to chat about that a little bit and how, because I read on the page about how you weren't sure what to think of it at first. So what are your thoughts around chat GPT and how we can use it to create content? As with anything, we have to remember it's a tool. It's a resource. It's not here to replace us, which I think is kind of the, there's two sides right now (laughs) where it's like, I love it. And then, oh no, I'll never ever use it. I'll die before I use it. No one can ever make me use it. It's not taking the humanity out of my business. Like, ah, and sure, it can't take the humanity out of your business. When I first heard about it, I was nervous. My initial reaction was nerves. Like, uh uh-oh, I help people with content. And now here's this thing that helps people with content. No one's going to hire me ever again. Great. I'm out of, I'm out of a job. (laughs) And we saw that happening with copywriters too. They thought, holy crap, I am done for. I have no business anymore. And so I made the conscious decision to learn about it. You know, if it scares you, you should, you should maybe explore it sometimes. And so I dove headfirst into it and I pushed it really hard. And multiple times I had it tell me what you're trying to make me do. I can't do, I'm just a robot. You need a human. I'm like, there it is, right? It can't replace us. But because it is an amazing tool and an amazing resource, and if we can use it as such, the great thing about it is just that it's faster. Our brains are fast. This thing is faster. If you and I talk and you gave me one minute, I can maybe come up with one to three, maybe five if the topic's in my wheelhouse, different ideas of things that I could talk about. But I can ask ChatGPT to give me 25 and it'll do it in a minute. Right. And so the thing to remember is whatever you're putting into it, it's going to match you back. So if you're putting basic things and we tend to want to, because even the the interface of it is very much like any old website, you know, it's got this one line text box across the bottom and your initial reaction is to treat it the way you would treat Google, which is how can I say this in the most boring, basic way and in as few words as possible to get the response that I want. And chat GPT is the opposite. If you say something like, what is my ideal client struggling with? And I mean, you'd obviously have to elaborate a little bit more because it doesn't know your ideal client. But if you put something like that in, it's going to spit some kind of generic stuff back at you. But if you really elaborate on what you're looking for, it's going to give you really elaborate responses. And from those responses, you can use that to create content. So in my class, I don't know, Tara, if you did my class, but I teach how to use it to create a whole year's worth of content. That's amazing. I can't replace you in creating that content, but it can help you. It can give you inspiration. It can springboard you, but you're still going to want to run it through the filter of yourself. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like people thinking like, oh, I can just put in there and it'll just spit out this magic. But You really have to know how to give it the information that it's going to need to actually give you quality output that is a good starting point. Like the example you shared about what's my ideal audience struggling with, like you need to know who your ideal audience is. You need to tell them, (laughs) tell them, tell the robot. (laughs) Yeah. 
I shared a piece that I had ChatGPT do for me, and I it was about the new mastermind that I'm launching. It's called Iconic, and I put a little bit of information about Iconic, and I was like, create a piece of content for me and put it in like a Valley Girl voice. And so it's like, hey, girl, we want to make bank, right? <laughs> and it was just like, it was so funny. Like, I, I did it for fun. Because I don't like, I mean, I kind of talk like that, but I, my content doesn't sound like that. And when I copied and pasted it, I had someone comment and be like, if you didn't say that Chad GPT wrote this, I would think that you were being kidnapped. Like, this <laughs> doesn't sound like you at all. And it was so shocking to be scrolling and see your name with this piece of copy she was like, it stopped me in my tracks to be like, what is happening? And I was like, good, at least it stopped you in your tracks. But it just it didn't sound anything like me. And so the fun thing is that you can ask it to do different voices. Like if you took my class, I did some follow-up emails teaching more things. And one of the things that I had it do was create a workbook lead magnet for ad managers in the voice of Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. And it's hilarious. It's so good. Like if you love Schitt's Creek and you love Alexis, it's so good. Like you can literally just download it out of that email and start using it as a lead magnet if you wanted to, but you can make it sound in whatever tone you want it to. So if you want to get it to be more like you, you need to understand who you are, Mm -hmm. what your voice sounds like. So you can ask it to get as close to you as possible. I like swearing. It won't swear. So that's one thing for me. It'll never, <laughs> it'll never sound quite like me because it doesn't have my, my sassy language. <laughs> Maybe eventually they'll add a 18 plus thing that you can turn on to get Maybe. <laughs> get the bad language and the dirty jokes. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so when it comes to content, like I know we're, we're creating all this content because we, we want to be visible. We want to attract the right people. We want to get out there. So what are some tips around like what kind of content you should create, like for different channels, different platforms, like how to figure out what your content channel should be? Ooh, the good thing is that everyone is everywhere. So your ideal client is everywhere, which means you don't have to be. A lot of people think, oh, well, they're everywhere. So I have to be everywhere too, so I can reach them all. Nope, they're everywhere. So you don't have to be. Pick the platform that you enjoy being on the most and be there. I like Facebook. I think it is the most social of the platforms. And I like to be social on social media. So I personally really like Facebook. It is where I have the biggest following. It is where I get the most engagement. Instagram is completely different where the engagement um, and community feel is a little different. Even though they recently launched Instagram groups, I have an Instagram group. No one's in it. I really know the purpose of it. I've never seen anyone else's Instagram groups. I just know that I have mine. It's secondary on my profile and it doesn't do anything. But then Instagram is also different in that like your your static posts are kind of dealer's choice. Your carousel posts, the purpose of a carousel post is to educate. And the end goal from a carousel post is trying to get people to save. A real is for brand awareness. I should be bringing in a couple of followers, getting you tons of visibility, not a good place to sell your thing, a place to show off who you are as a person, who you are in your industry, show off a little bit of your personality, show off your personal brand a little bit. And stories is where selling is happening because those people that are seeing your stories, for the most part, you will get some non-followers seeing your stories. But for the most part, 
your stories are being seen by your followers. So your stories is your chance to get those warm eyeballs seeing your offers. And then TikTok isn't even a social media platform anymore. It's it's a search engine. So TikTok is now like Google or Pinterest. So people are using it to learn things. And so the content that you're putting on Facebook is not going to be the content that you're going to be putting on TikTok. The content that you're putting on Instagram is not going to be the content you're putting on TikTok necessarily. If you want to use TikTok to its full advantage, you want to be using storytelling, but then you also want to be using the search feature. The search feature is amazing. It tells you what your ideal audience is searching for, and then you can use those search phrases as hashtags. But because it's a search engine now, people are asking, how do I do these things? How do I lose more weight? How do I create more content? How do I get more clients? How do I scramble an egg? Like (laughs) we're doing tons of Googling and I'll put air quotes around Googling because you know what I mean when I say that, but searching in TikTok the way that we would in Pinterest or even YouTube and like Pinterest and YouTube also have short video options. So that's a whole other kettle of fish where you can be putting your reels on your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, your Pinterest, (laughs) and now your YouTube. Like we can be all over the place. So pick the place you like and just be on that place. But a good mix, especially for entrepreneurs, I think we kind of get caught up in, oh, I'm I'm a business now. I need to be a professional. We stop sharing who we are. All of our content is about how we help people or about our clients and our offers. And there's very little like, hey, this is what I'm watching tonight. Should I be watching something else? Or, you know, who's watching The Last of Us? I'm not. But lots of people are watching The Last of Us right now. Or like, here's a picture of me and my family. We're going out to dinner. We're having a picnic. We're going to the beach. Like all of that personal stuff is disappearing. And we need to be bringing all that stuff back because all of that stuff is going to be the stuff that's going to get you clients. In today's industry, the way people are buying is different. You know, we're seeing a recession coming. We are seeing the coaching industry kind of being blown up a little bit in some circles where the shady practices are getting a light shone upon them. And people are using way more discernment with their money. They don't just want to know what you do. They want to know how you're going to help them in extreme detail. And they want to know that you're a human in your downtime. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what's going on there? And so a really great content strategy is incorporating all the parts of you. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to share your dirty laundry. I think a lot of people confuse being authentic and genuine and vulnerable with, well, here's all my crap. Just letting people see, hey, maybe I don't have makeup on today or my hair is not done, but I'm going to come and tell you guys this thing. I, it's really on my heart to share this or, you know, the the day-to-day stuff that relates us all. I love that. This is coming back more and it's becoming more and more people are sharing more personal because I find that that's always been how I've made purchasing decisions. I really like to just feel like I know the person a little, especially if it's a higher investment. I'm like, I want to know what you're actually like. Are we going to actually vibe? Like, I know, yeah, you're qualified with whatever it is and you can help me and I'll probably get results, but am I going to actually enjoy the working relationship or the collaboration? What do you think about, because I know a lot of people listening are probably like, because I've heard this several times from people in my Introvertpreneur Club membership that they're almost hesitant to share personal 
pieces mm. because they feel like their life is boring or anything that they would have to share is boring. <laughs> Do you know what? Boring sells more than exciting. I have a minivan. I don't have any red bottom shoes. When we go on vacation, do you know where we go? Disney, pretty much every time. So I have small children. I'm not gallivanting in like a string thong bikini on white sand beaches. Like I tuck my mom pooch into my bathing suit like all the <laughs> other moms. <laughs> but do you know what? The boring is relatable. It's the string bikinis and gallivanting. That's, those are extremes. 99% of the, of the world watching is going, I had that body when I was 12. I don't have that body anymore. Literally a kid is laying on me right now and I mm-hmm. haven't had a shower in two days. Or they're like, wow, that looks amazing, but I can't relate to this at all. <laughs> right. I don't relate to this whatsoever. That's so nice for her. <laughs> I am hoping to have a nice stroll to the bathroom without having someone accompany me later. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the boring that sells because like you just said, if you're going to enter into especially a high ticket coaching relationship with someone, you want to feel understood. And that's why I like to work with moms. I hired a coach, one of the first coaches I ever hired, and she had preteen and teenagers. I had a newborn and a two and a three-year-old or a three and a four-year-old. And she went on a rampage once about talking about these moms in business and how there's the CEO mom and the hot mess mom. And the CEO mom comes to her calls and her hair is done and her makeup is done and she has her pen and her notepad and she is ready and the door is locked and she has threatened her children with severe consequences to not interrupt her unless someone has thrown up, bones are broken and there is blood. And then there's a hot mess mom who comes in and she's like half in her pajamas or in sweatpants. Her hair is in a messy bun. She has no makeup on. She's probably breastfeeding. There's toddlers running around asking her to open snacks. She's being interrupted a bunch. She's not serious. She'll never be serious. She'll never make any money. And I'm sitting there with two toddlers and a newborn. (laughs) And I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in the wrong place because... (laughs) like, sorry, (laughs) sorry, I'm such a hot mess in your eyes. (laughs) So that just, that never resonated with me. And so I try to focus on hiring people that, that get me, you know, I, and the women that come to me feel like I get them. Like I get lots of moms with kids climbing on them and they're opening snacks. My kids interrupt my coaching calls all the time. You just see this little hand come across the screen holding a fruit snack and they need help opening it. And I open it and off they go. And like they're coming and they're breastfeeding and writing notes and breastfeeding their babies while we're talking. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. I think that these women are more powerful than the super serious CEO mom whose kids can't knock on the door if they need something unless they've thrown up or bones are busting through the skin. Like what? is that <laughs> what is that unreal expectation so the boring long answer the boring is is where it's at people want to know that you get them i love that yeah that's it's so true i i think like all the private jet photos and all these fabulous like i unfollow those people because i'm like you are either pretending and and you're really 
a hot mess and you're just not being real about it. Or we're like not even in the same, like on the same planet. So I can't, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to learn from you because you're either, you aren't in the place where I'm at, or it's been like so long since you have been that you just will not be able to relate to what I'm dealing with or my lifestyle or anything. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I think everyone needs to listen to that because I hear that so often. It's like, but I, I love sharing how to content and like talking Mm. about my client results. But when it comes to sharing pieces of my life, it's like, I just, I don't feel like people are going to connect with that. And I think looking back, any piece of content that I've written, that's been like, I just randomly had this thought and I'm sending it or posting it immediately. That's where I get the most responses and most. Oh yeah. (laughs) Even when you think it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I'm like halfway through a post and I'm like, oh my goodness, I hate this post so much, but I make myself finish and it's always so relatable. But you know what else? I try to show the relatable parts of my life. So like once in a while, I will take a picture of dishes piled up in the sink or like five laundry baskets of clean clothes unfolded and be like, Yes, we're living out of these wrinkly mm-hmm. baskets of clothes because I have not found the time to fold them. And people are like, oh, she's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> it's actually funny because I just shared in my private group on Monday because I've been hearing it a lot from people like reply to my emails when I'm like, oh, here's this new thing or I'm doing this. And they're like, I have no idea how you get so much done. Like, it's incredible to me. It's amazing. Like, So I posted in my private community, I was like, you know what? I I feel like a hot mess right now. Like I have a presentation that's a week overdue for a summit. I feel terrible about it. I have like a hundred emails I have to get back to. I have like this, this, and this. I'm like, I'm a hot mess right now. Like I know sometimes people just see what I put out there and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how she gets so much done. So I'm like, I want to share with you that I can relate to you. Like I have weeks where I don't want to do anything where I'm not productive at all. And it's just, it's fine. It's okay. It's the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. And I think everyone that replied was like, I'm feeling the same way right now. Like, yeah, you got this. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm, I'm the flip side. Cause usually I'm that person for them. I'm like, oh, you got this. Let's work through it. Let's figure out like a plan. And I was like, I, I'm feeling this way. I'm going to share it because I I think people need to understand that even though it looks a certain way, like I have a course coming out called Productive AF. I'm sometimes not very productive. That's okay. That's okay. If you can only give 40% and you give 40%, you gave 100% that day. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it it really is like a testament to how social media is so curated that as soon as someone sees us, they just assume that our laundry is totally folded and put away every day and our dishes are always put away and clean and you could lick our toilets because they're so clean and we're just doing it all ta-da we're wonder woman and it's like no none of that is actually happening (laughs) (laughs) I brushed my hey you're lucky I'm here (laughs) it's it's so true some days I'm I'm lucky to just like get out of my house coat to show up for a zoom meeting (laughs) can I be perfectly honest yeah. I'm wearing pajama pants. Me too. Right and now. slippers. <laughs> I don't have my slippers on, but I have Kate Spade heart fuzzy pajamas <laughs> that I got at Costco a week and a half, two weeks ago. I actually also have my house coat on my lap because I just, oh, 
took it off so it wouldn't be visible, but I yeah, you gotta have the blanket. You gotta have some type of covering. I don't right now, but see, I'm at my kitchen table. Usually I'm not at my kitchen table, but here we are. This is how I'm working today at my kitchen mm-hmm. table. But they're doing construction outside my house on the side of my house where my office is and everything's falling off the shelves or we're taking a chimney down and we're going to build an extension. So I'll actually have an office. My office is usually in my bedroom. We're building we're building a second garage and an office. And so they're taking a chimney down and it is on the same wall as my office. <laughs> so all my things have fallen off the shelves and it's a bunch of noise. They're jackhammering. So that's why I'm at my kitchen table today. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One thing I did, like, this is the third year of the podcast. And I think it was at the beginning of the second year, I was like, you know, the first year I was like very particular about the editing and like background noise and all of this. And now I'm just, I don't care. Like if my dog interrupts me, I I just, I'm I'm like, keep that in. I don't like, it's just, it's just real. (laughs) It's, It's okay. I'm, and how I say the word um a million times, like, just keep it in. It's it's fine. It's casual. I'm not going yeah. to be too perfectionist about things anymore. Good. And people like that when they're listening and when they're reading our content, we think it's bad. They're resonating with us. The big thing about social media is before we actually connected, we would see each other's content and I'd be like, oh, my friend Tara posted this thing today. And you're like, who's Brittany? I don't know this girl. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> so when you're sharing that stuff, like your dog barking or your kid saying, hi, mommy, or whatever, mm-hmm. that audience is going, oh my goodness. Yeah. Her dog. I know her dog's name. I know her kid's <laughs> name. Her kid said hi today. It was so cute. Like they are talking about you like you guys are friends. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It still amazes me too. Like the power of social media. Like when I send out an email about like my dog getting sick and then somebody will in my audience will like reply to that email a week later, like, Hey, um, how is Cheeto doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you remember my dog's name. That's in their mind. You guys are friends. I love that. It's just the power of content, social media. Yeah. And building relationships through mm-hmm. that content. Yeah. Which I think really is almost an introvert superpower. Cause I feel like sometimes we can, yes. we can really relate to people and, and connect one-to-one and social media is great for that. Responding to comments, building a relationship, even moving it to messages. Like, yeah, it's, it's such an incredible thing to witness. So going back to content for a little bit, I have a question about when should somebody or what things should somebody consider when they're trying to figure out, okay, I want to like ramp up my content. I want to improve my content. I want it to start working better for me. I want to start being more authentic. When is it better to hire a coach and work with somebody um, versus like continuing to try to DIY it forever? Like, is there certain things that somebody should consider before like working with you on their content? I mean, I think anyone can come to me at any phase. That being said, you got to be careful of doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I think that if you are doing something and it is not working, continuing to do it, hoping that it'll just one day start working is not going to serve you (laughs) in the long term. And honestly, when it comes to content, it's not like when you hire someone like me who's a content strategist, I'm going to, okay, we're erasing everything. We're starting from scratch. Like, no, it's usually, let's just make this tweak. Let's just adjust how, how you're wording this. Let's just add 
add a little more here. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like hiring an English teacher. <laughs> so you're like, my report. And I'm like, okay, here's the first draft. And I go through it and I'm like, pad this with more storytelling. Or what does this mean? Because, you know, I, I made a joke. It's not a joke, but it's kind of a joke. We have to laugh at ourselves. The reason that I'm so good at content is because I experienced trauma as a child. And so I, in a matter of seconds, can see all of the possible outcomes of every circumstance. And like, I joke about it. It's, it's not funny, but it, I mean, like I said, we have to laugh at ourselves. But when someone comes to me and they're like, okay, here's what my ideal client is going through. I can very quickly come up with all the possible things that are going through their minds with respect to their problem and your solution. And so sometimes it's just looking through that lens of what is the the ideal client thinking and doing and saying right now, and how can I help them get what they want based on this information? And so it's a lot of just like putting yourself in their shoes. And I mean, even, even when your content is working, you may be thinking, I wish this was working better. That is a time to bring someone like me on also. To go, okay, how can we make this more compelling? How can we refine this a little bit so that it's attracting even more people? Because lots of people are watching us all of the time. And lots of people are interested in the things that we are saying and doing and offering. And they're still not taking action. Because, you know, their own thoughts are getting in the way. They're afraid. They're too busy. You know, whatever excuses their brain gives them as a protective mechanism. Because deep down, we're all just kind of afraid that what we want isn't for us. And when you step into, okay, we're going to refine this, we're going to make it different, we're going to make it better, then it's about implementation. You know, when we're showing up, we're constantly experimenting, right? Like, is this going to work if I say it this way? Or if I say it that way? Or, you know, all of these things. And so we have to be assessing all of the time. But I think to short answer your question... If you're trying to make money with your content and your online social media presence, regardless of your niche, right now is a good time to to bring on a, a strategist. I love that. Yeah. And I think sometimes like just the, the minor tweaks or even having somebody there to get you out of your head a little bit, because I, I know a lot of the people that are in my membership, their main struggle is like, I feel like I'm too close to my offers and like what I do. So it's hard for me to talk about it, which makes sense. Yeah. I say that all the time to, to my clients. Like you're too close to the forest to see the trees, Mm -hmm. but you need someone who can get really down and look at like the little ants crawling in the forest and then go way up and see the entirety as a whole so that you can create better. You need someone that can get little and big for you while you're kind of in it. That's brilliant. I love that. The forest and trees analogy. That's, <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. I love analogies. <laughs> so what are some ways that anyone listening that wants to work with you, what are some ways that you work with clients? Yeah. So I've got my freebie on ChatGPT. So Tara's going to share that with you guys. I also have a membership. It's called the 10K Formula. It is $100 a month. This teaches the foundation of business. So that you can hit consistent 10K months in your business. We talk about audience building. We talk about content creation. We talk about time management. We talk about sales conversations, objection handling, hosting events, all these things that go into creating consistent 10K months. 
And then right now I'm in the middle of launching a one-on-one mastermind hybrid called Iconic. And it is about taking your business from 5 to 10K to 20 to 40K months, using your content to get more visible, get invited on podcasts like you invited me on this one, be invited on summits like you just said you were doing a summit, different opportunities that will get you more visible, get more ideal client eyeballs on you. And everyone's going to get their own customized strategy. So we're going to kick off with a Everyone gets a private one-hour session where they get a private customized strategy. I'm going to deep dive in all their social media, do a big audit, audit their business, their offers, and we're going to decide on an event for them to do in April and the marketing and sales plan for that event and then what they're going to be selling off of that event because you should always sell off of an event. Maybe it's evergreen. Maybe it's a new thing. They're launching a new thing. Whatever they want to sell is up to them. That's going to be part of their customized strategy. And then the rest of the quarter will be focusing on those marketing efforts, creating content, showing up, getting support. They get two more one-on-ones with me that you're going to do hot seat group coaching. It is amazing already. We're halfway full and it starts April 1st. So I'm really excited about it. That's amazing. I love the hybrid. I love the one-on-one and group aspect. I love those types of offers. I know. I'm so excited about it. And I love the name. Like that's iconic. That's a perfect name. (laughs) Thank you. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be so fun. Awesome. Yeah. And I know you also have a podcast too. So we'll have that in the show notes. Did you want to share a little bit about your podcast as well? Yeah. My podcast is called Get Fully Booked, Go Viral and Get Rich with Your Content. This is the second season. The first season has like almost 90 episodes in it. Then I did a little rebrand. And so now the new season has only got a couple of episodes on it. I do lots of storytelling. Obviously, I'm a storyteller. Also, tons of tips and resources for creating content and making offers and hosting events and things like that. So it's it's an amazing resource as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just checking it out this morning, all the recent episodes. So, <laughs> Oh, well, right now we're doing a, a tea, <laughs> a tea spilling series. So I didn't have a new episode this week because last week, all my entire family got the flu. So I was just like, I cannot record oh, no. episode. So now I'm behind, but that's okay. But we're doing uh, the toxic and abusive side of the coaching world. I'm spilling all mm. the tea that I've ever heard. And I've got lots of stories. So <laughs> it's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, I have a couple of stories, but I can't wait to listen to those. Well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of drama. So if you like drama, <laughs> going into your filth. <laughs> I love lurking and listening to drama. <laughs> me, too, me too. I think it's good too to hear like situations so that like you use that as a frame of mind about what not to do and how to yeah. maybe reframe and do things differently and maybe make more conscious decisions about how you're running your business. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to have all of Brittany's links in the show notes for you to check out learn more about how you can work with her, definitely connect with her on Facebook and dig into her content there. Cause like I said, it's amazing. If you want to see great content in action, yeah, go to her Facebook profile. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways you can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. 
And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvert coach, where I share more introvert friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.